Welcome to Photo Mission Focus, Discussing Photography, a podcast all about the things that we love about photography. This is Focus on Rotation, where I have different hosts joining me at the desk as we share and learn each week. Come and enjoy this week's episode with us. Welcome to Photo Mission Focus, Discussing Photography. Hi, I'm Steve Finkel. And on this episode, I'm flying solo of Focus. This is a subject I want to talk about, which I've talked to people in, in the past about, and I've spoken to many different people I know in, who enjoy photography and they're kind of a bit of a quandary about what to do. So sometimes people wonder when it's time to, you know, where, where the, where's the best place to invest money in your photography? And, the, you know, there's a couple of really clear areas where one of the best places to start with you can invest money in photography is, is in yourself upskilling yourself if you're kind of struggling in a particular area of photography and there's a way you can go off and do do some training or do a course or learn something more about it and upskill yourself that's going to be a really valuable thing to do and that's going to be a good kind of use of resources as far as like using money the, the second thing I think which is really important which can really help your photography and that is you know in your equipment there's certain aspects of your equipment where you can benefit by uh, investing in different areas of your equipment. So a lot of people think, yeah, I need to go out and buy the latest and greatest camera. But if you've gone by the latest, greatest camera and you and say, for instance, you've got you know, not not really sharp lenses, like say you've got your lenses have got are okay, but they're not some of the better lenses. I mean, people are knowing the different in the different camera manufacturers they have they have their kind of entry level lenses and um, or sometimes people will call them you know they're called kit lenses because they come as a kit with a body when you buy it and and they're designed to kind of do a little bit of everything so they're kind of like an all-purpose uh, lens but they do everything okay but they may not do everything super well so basically they do a pretty good job but they do have some limitations, and sometimes the limitations is, is the speed, sometimes sharpness, clarity, those type of things. And then the manufacturers will obviously have uh, offerings of lenses that are much sharper and give you, you know, that are faster and, and really sharp images. So, and, and typically they cost more because they're, they're more expensive to manufacture and calibrate and all those for a range of different reasons. Because quite often too, those better glasses too have some really uh, expensive coatings on the lenses, which help them perform better. So sometimes, if you've got a body who you know, which which is a couple of years old, you you can your photography can benefit by actually by upgrading the glass in front of the camera. So I remember you know talking to someone recently about how they dug out one of their old digital cameras and. Um, married it up with kind of some of the latest glass so you know um and took some shots and were blown away by the how good the shots were and the thing and now this camera's only like 10 megapixels but these these images are really really good and the difference is from when they shot with that camera previously they were probably using a kit lens on the front and now they've kind of their, their gear has grown and they don't use that camera they've progressed on to something else but when they go back they go you know i can actually get a really good result with the camera just by putting better glass on it. So th- this is kind of an area of photography where you can improve your photography and I suppose 
create better images by trying to have the best possible glass on the front of the camera because that gives you, I mean, that's that's the defining thing for, I suppose, what the sensor sees. So whatever comes through from the front element to the back element that hits the sensor, anything that happens along the way, any distortion or any uh, issues with clarity or any other things are going to be reflected in the the raw data that hits the sensor and then ultimately the image that's formed from that raw data. So by putting something in front of the camera that obviously limits uh, any of those issues happening and creating the best possible set of data to create an image from is obviously going to make a picture that's kind of going to be, you're going to be happy and pleased with. So this episode I thought, you know, we'd talk about the idea of thinking about if you're kind of, and I'm talking about this for the people who are kind of, you know, the enthusiast photographers who are, you know, not ready to jump out and spend a bunch of money on a new body, getting the latest body, but they've still got a body that's okay, it still works fine, it's 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 still kind of, you know, in a couple of, only, only a few years old, but it's not the current model that you can definitely benefit by, you know, mixing it up and trying some different glass on the front of that camera. And if you want to do yourself a bit of an exercise and maybe you've got lucky enough to be able to be out in a shoot and with someone else you know and borrow something Canon, you might want to try and get your hands on some of like the L-series lenses. They're the ones with the red ring at the front. Other, Like I said, other manufacturers have their various different, you know, kind of professional-grade lenses and they're usually different. There's some way to usually tell between them. So, But sometimes it's worth just trying to experiment. If you obviously don't, if you're in an area where maybe you don't know someone, you can borrow it. There's places that some camera stores will actually hire lenses out. That's another idea, really worthwhile, you know, try that. But the other thing is, it's kind of interesting because for some of that older gear now, there's a lot of second-hand, really good glass coming on the market because as people are changing to the various different mirrorless formats and maybe pensioning off their DSLR gear that people are selling off that that glass so there's a lot of it in the marketplace so with that happening sometimes you know there's some good bargains out there to be had because people are like just obviously cleaning out the cupboard because they've got oh, I haven't shot with this lens for ages now because I'm using my new my new you know mirrorless camera and I'm using the, the glass that was designed for the mirrorless so it does give people an opportunity to maybe purchase something that can actually really help their photography. It can really make a difference to um, the way you see the world and the way you capture the world. And sometimes it can just be having that, builds that kind of passion back up too, like you start to see these images. The first time I think when people have been shooting for a while and they've been shooting with kit lenses and they put a prime lens on their camera and even if it's just a cheap cheap prime lens like a you know the Nifty 50 1.8, which is nearly every manufacturer has a kind of nifty 50 lens offering for their cameras but when they put a prime lens on they're just blown away by sometimes the sharpness and the detail they get and they kind of go wow like i shot this with my camera this is really cool so like i said it's kind of good thing to experiment with good thing to think about that maybe if you're not quite at that point where you're ready to say upgrade your equipment like your camera body definitely look at what glass you might be able to get your hands on and what better lenses you might be able to buy because that might just, like I said, help you again um, keep the 
or, or rekindle the passion. See, some people get to a point where, you know, they kind of go stale with the shooting. They shoot, 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 and they get to a, they get to a level. So their photography kind of plateaus out at a particular level, and then they basically feel like they're, you know, treading water, and they just need something to kind of break that deadlock to get them back, um, get that excitement back in the shoot. So they basically, when they get home and they start to download these images and they start looking on the computer, you have, they're having that buzz. Oh wow, look at that! I caught, caught that. So sometimes, like I said, just changing the glass on the front of the camera and putting some better glass on there can just be that catalyst that gives you that opportunity to capture those pictures a little bit differently and, like I said, just kind of for yourself, just reinvent photography and just re revitalize it so it basically becomes it comes fresh and there's something new about it again because you've got this, you know, you've gone out and got this new lens and you can do all this stuff because now you've got a lens that you can step it down to, you know, f2.8 so you can create this fantastic bokeh in the background or you've gone off and like I said been able to get something a bit faster like you might be able to get a, got a 1.4 or even now if you're really lucky a 1.2 lens and then the possibilities are amazing that you can do with those shallow depth of field lenses and the way they render um, the background and how you can have the subject just lift off the image because the background has got this lovely lovely bokeh to it so like I said it's Quite often that glass can just be something that is, like I said, a, a catalyst. It's just something to yeah, reignite the flame to really get people excited again about shooting. And like I said, there's an opportunity at the moment with people with people upgrading that people will be cleaning out their cupboards. And you know, it's worthwhile just keeping an eye on you know, the different marketplaces and looking at the camera stuff. And you know, the thing about it is, I mean, obviously there's always a risk buying secondhand. So, yeah, it's always buy beware. But, I mean, do your research and look at different lenses and, you know, there's different forums will tell you, well, this lens has a, a particular issue with breaking a cable or this lens has a particular issue with this functionality. So when you're buying one, make sure that it's not binding at this point, all that type of stuff. There's a lot of really good information out there on the on the web. You can do your research um, before you kind of purchase the lens. And obviously take your camera with you and obviously take some, you know, if the person's not willing to let you take some test shots, then they're probably not the lens you want to buy because, you know, if I'm selling, and I've, I've done it many times, I've sold off lenses, so people have wanted to put the lens on their body before they commit to buying it and take a few shots, happy to, to let them do that because I want them to see that the lens works per perfectly and it does everything it needs to do. And there's no issues because the last thing you do is you want to buy a lens and then get it home and then find out there's an issue with it and where the focus doesn't work properly or you know it's been dropped and yeah it has it has an issue and again it's going to take the the gloss off of it so like I said but it's buy beware obviously be careful look at I mean if, when you're buying lenses I mean there's some obvious things to look for like if you can you can see any physical signs of mechanical damage to the lens that's going to be a red flag like if you see chips or little dints or you know the lens is probably being whacked around it's probably not going to be the lens you want to buy if the lens is clean it's kind of no marks on it and and look there'll be on all equipment if it's used you will end up marks like a lot of my older dslr bodies the paint's worn off the bottom areas where you grip the camera and it's not because i've been rough with them it's just they've been handled so much over time 
that I've actually worn through sections of the powder coating on the body and that doesn't mean the body is any less worthy of, of you know, a, as a good body. It just means it's been used and it's like a lot of things you'll see on different objects sometimes that are repetitively where people are repetitively putting their hand or putting their thumb or doing something that some of those areas will have some natural wear marks to them and that's fine. That's nothing wrong with that. But like I said, just do all your kind of diligence and have a look at the lens, make sure that you know it looks fine. One of the other things too when you rotate the lens, it should all f- always move really freely. You shouldn't have any kind of sticking points because sometimes you know it might indicate it's been to the beach and it's got a bit of sand or something in there, which is again can be expensive to sort out. Or if it's um, something starting to fail on the lens, it's catching on something in the lens. But like I said, it's a different way to kind of, I suppose, get a to re reignite the photography flame. And like I said, just get people thinking about kind of loving photography because people do fall out of love with photography. It's definitely, like I said, pe- people get to an area where they plateau out and they feel like they've kind of reached this point but they can't kind of move past that. And for some people that's, you know, the, that's the point that people actually down put down the camera and they kind of, I know people that have walked away from photography because they got to that point because they just feel like they couldn't get there. And probably all they really needed was was just to sh- shake it up and change it up a little bit. And like I said, you know, they weren't, you know, they weren't kind of flush with money. They could go out and say, oh, okay, I'm going to go and buy the latest and greatest body and a bunch of new lenses. But what they may have could have done is gone and bought a couple of second-hand lenses and had a whole new look. And like I said, you know, there's areas of photography that people mightn't have dabbled in. You know, if you've never owned a macro lens, you know, buying a macro lens sometimes can be a really good way to kind of find out about another area of photography. And the other thing good about a macro lens is, even though it's great for macro, macro lenses are, you know, they're, they're prime lenses. So they're usually pretty fast. Typically a lot of macro lenses are 2.8. So again, they can be used as a... You know, they kind of double up as a great portrait lens. Like 100 mil macro can make a, you know, a good portrait lens. So a lot of people use like an 85 mil. Well, 100 is not too far off 85, so it's it's okay. So yes, you're going to be you're going to be standing back a little bit further from from your your talent that you're shooting. But again, it can give really pleasing results. I can remember in 35 mil film days when I was shooting. I mean, I bought a 135 mil, which which was kind of always considered to be a portrait lens 35 mil um and again like i said so 100 mil so anywhere between kind of i think that the 50 85 to 100 is a is a good territory for shooting people and portraits and that type of stuff and like i said that lens can double like i said if it's a macro lens it can also then double to do some macro shooting as well and again, that can just be a whole range of things. And quite often people are blown away with the clarity of those those prime lenses. They're very, very sharp um, and they can really capture some great detail. And again, it can just open up a whole new a whole new world of things to shoot and a whole new way of shooting. Like I said, it's just something to, to keep that to keep that passion alive. And that's always I think one of the biggest challenges for people now is trying to keep that passion alive. That, you know, people looking at all these different things out there and, you know, what can they do? And like I said, and sometimes people do go out and they do splurge on some equipment and that does work for them because it does do it. But like I said, 
not everyone's in that position where they can go out and maybe splurge on work, so splurge on new equipment. But you know, I think it's well worth, like I said, having a look around, see what's see what's available in your area. Like I said, on the various different marketplaces and the various different sites. And like I said, sometimes people and and sometimes what you've, you'll find is that people have lost that passion and they're actually just selling all the gear because they're just they're moving on. I mean, I knew someone you know probably about a year ago who you know got into photography was really into photography and shooting everything and then something just happened and they just kind of lost it and then they just put all the gear up and sold everything like so they they they're cameraless like they sold everything like it was like oh well i'm not i'm done with that now it's that part of my life's over now for a lot of people that's you know that, that can happen but for a lot of people in photography it's a it is a lifelong thing that people, you know, start shooting and they shoot all their life. Yeah, the platforms will change, the cameras will change, and those and and the subjects they shoot will change. There are people, like I said, who do do that, and then sometimes that that can be a windfall for for someone else who's really passionate about photography or trying to really build that passion, is to go out and be able to purchase some of that gear because sometimes people just kind of want to be, they once they've decided that they've moved on from that, they just want to quickly exit that market so they throw it out there and typically sell it at a at a, at a pretty competitive price so it's, it's really you know good value for money and quite often sometimes that gear hasn't had a lot of work so that's you know it's a win-win for people so on this episode we've been talking about the idea of like if you shoot with say an older camera one of the ways that you might be able to increase your photography or improve your photography is by thinking about changing what's in front of the lens or what's in front of the camera the actual lens and thinking about going for something that's a little bit more, you know, a lens that's sharper, a lens that's, you know, more like a professional lens, over if you, particularly if you've been shooting um, majority of your stuff on kit lenses or um, entry-level lenses because, you know, even like from the kit lenses, there is kind of other lenses in most camera ranges that manufacturers bring out and they're better than a kit lens but they're not as good as a professional lens. They kind of sit somewhere in the middle. So that's always good to move from those into something a little bit different. And again, like the, those, those are pathways to that is to try and, you know, firstly try and get access to those lenses just to try them on your camera to see if you like it. And the other thing too, you might find that you fall in love with a particular lens. Like, I mean, one of my all-time favourite lenses is the 70-200. I just think like when... like. My, when I'm shooting uh, animals like you know pets, it's a fantastic. It's it just it is a fantastic um, lens for doing that. It's a 2.8 mil lens. The 70 to 200 gives you the um, scope to be able to be in a backyard with some pets running around, being able to zoom in on the 200 when they kind of get to the other corner of the yard, being able to pull back to 70 when they get closer to you, and, and still better get them in frame. And having that shallow depth of field, you can make some really pleasing pictures. And I quite often refer to it as my, you know, my pet lens for shooting pets because I do find it really, really good. I mean, it's fantastic for shooting people as well. I like it at events. Um, shooting events, it's a fantastic lens. It's a fantastic kind of focal length. It just works so well in, in so many different scenarios. So it is a staple of a lot of people. And there was a platform which I was a part of where we would hire out some of our gear. And I can tell you that was that lens, when I wasn't using it, 
I was hiring it out on a very frequent basis for that same reason. And a lot of people who hired it loved it so much they went out and then bought their own lens. And again, that's kind of what we've been talking about is that once you try some of these things and you want to be able to go and – and some of those people are shooting with, you know, older bodies, but they put that lens on and all of a sudden it just transformed their shooting and they just knew that if they had to shoot something, I'll get hold of that lens and put on my camera and I'm, I'm, I'm good to go. It gives me gives me that extra kind of – get you know, the extra leverage or that extra – performance that helps your photography and like I said keeps that passion burning so I don't know again it's just like a lot of these podcasts it just gets you thinking it's just get you to think about where you're at in your photography don't always have to go out like I said and buy the latest and greatest I mean all the manufacturers would love you to do that but I think most of them are realistic to understand that people are constrained by budget and the thing about it is if you can keep that passion burning by going out and say buying getting some secondhand lenses that could be then the stepping stone that gets you to that next level where you do again go, okay, now it's time to commit. I'm going to go, I'm not going to commit to a new body as well as, you know, some of the newer glass because now I've, I've kind of, I've kind of elevated my skill levels and I've kind of, you know, lifted my, lifted my game as far as photography is concerned and I can go out and basically know that I can capture stuff and it's kind of worth my while then to, to invest some more money in equipment. So like I said, we all love buying gear when we can, but like I said, it's not always a reality that people can always have the luxury of doing that. So the next best thing is sometimes looking at some pre-loved equipment that someone else has used and probably created some amazing images can kind of come over to you that you can go on and create some amazing images. Been great chatting. Until next time, yeah, love to hear any comments, love to hear any feedback, love to hear your experience if you've done that exact thing where you've actually got an older body and you've gone out and invested in some new glass and it's really vitalized your photography you'd love to hear it drop it in uh, social media channels let us know as always if you have any ideas for any uh, of our future podcasts if you've got a you know a person you think we should talk to or a person who you think might be interesting or a subject that might be interesting you know by all means drop us a uh, dm or send us a message you can also um, email me, I think, in the show notes. My email address will be in the show notes, so you can always go there and have a look as well. Anyway, this has been Steve Finkel for Photo Mission Focus, discussing photography. See you soon. Bye. That's all for this episode this week. Thanks for listening. If you have enjoyed the show, please leave us a comment. And don't forget to follow us on your favourite podcast app and social media sites. Remember, photography is a pursuit where there's always something new to learn. Safe and happy shooting, everyone.